I was very excited and I remember just tearing up and, you know, jumping up and down and screaming, being like, oh my God, like this could this actually happen? Like I could actually quit my job with this. And I remember it was like the first day that I didn't have to go to work. And I just like looked around the house and it's like, what am I going to do today? I don't have to go to work and I get to focus on this full time. And I'm so used to just doing it in my evenings. I have the full day. From Jump Cut, it's an unconventional life. A show about people that have escaped the nine to five. I'm Samuel Donner, and on the show today, Halori Shannon quit her cabinet making job and used her passion for baking to create The Icing Artist, a multi-million dollar YouTube channel with over 700 million views. For many people, what they love to do and what they do for work live in two separate worlds. We work hard, so maybe on the weekend or sometimes in the far off future, we can do what actually gives us fulfillment. But our next guest, Lori, will show us that there doesn't have to be this intense separation. Right now, Lori is living her dream life, but it wasn't always like this. Once upon a time, she was just a kid, unconstrained by the shackles of the adult world. Free from judgment, Lori found what she loved, an early interest in baking. I always loved baking as a kid. It was one of my like favorite hobbies to do with my mom. And I remember a lot of times just like standing on a kitchen chair to reach the countertop and my mom like letting me mix in the chocolate chips into the cookie dough. Another early love of Lori's was acting, but she quickly realized that this industry wasn't exactly for her. But when I think about like the job that I always wanted to do growing up, like I always wanted to be an actress. That's all I could ever think of. I wanted to do you know, movies or shows or something. There was something about being an actress and being on stage that was very intriguing to me. Um, and I, I did one audition. And I remember after the audition, they said I, like, I didn't get the part just because I was too short. I was perfect in every other way. And I was just too short. I was like, nope, this career is not for me. <laughs> and that, that's all it took. Because I was like, you know what? I don't feel like going my whole life. And them saying like, oh, your nose is in the right shape. Your hair is in the right color. You're too, you're too short. And then that was it for acting. As Lori searched for something more serious, she looked to her dad for inspiration. She saw the creativity and physicality that was inherent within his job as a woodworker. She thought... Maybe I should try that. Like my dad was always into woodworking and had like a shop and stuff. So in high school, I got into it. I love building things. I love being creative. So do you think you invested more time in like woodworking because like you needed somewhere for those passions and creativity to go when like acting seemed like it no longer was an option? I think everyone was just kind of like, yeah, being an actress is impossible. This is never going <laughs> to happen. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. I still took like it throughout high school because I liked it as a, just a hobby. But then when I was thinking about career, it's like, okay, I guess it's time to get real and think of a very realistic career. So from there, I decided to start going into woodworking. So I took that throughout high school. Out of high school, I did a cabinet making apprenticeship. And as soon as I had my license and finished school, I'm like, yep, that's not for me either. <laughs> and it didn't take until I had gone through all the schooling and done everything. And like, I love doing it, but there was something that wasn't clicking. Even though everything wasn't quite clicking, Lori still had to find work. And it was pretty hard to find a cabinet making job as a woman. After a difficult search, Lori actually got more than she bargained for. Not only did she find a job, but she also met her future husband at that job. Although she enjoyed working at the shop, it seemed that joy was derived more from her husband than the actual job. 
to keep busy and do something that she actually enjoyed. She once again began to explore her love of baking. I was doing stuff on the side. I've always been a busybody and I was taking like cake decorating classes at like the local craft store, but they weren't very helpful. I didn't learn that much. It was enough to like make me more intrigued to learn more. And I realized kind of during that time when I was creating cakes that I love the decorating side of it. Lori knew that she loved to decorate cakes, but her nine to five didn't allow her the time to pursue what she really loved. Luckily, her husband spurred Lori into action when he quit his job. I think he quit first. He got a job opportunity and I was like, well, I'm not working here without you. <laughs> I'm done. And then I thought it was the perfect opportunity because we didn't have any you know, strings holding us down to travel. So we decided to go on a four month cross Canada trip. So we bought a trailer and renovated it and dragged it across the country from east to west and north everywhere for four months. It was just a life-changing adventure. It wasn't until I was actually traveling and on the road, driving like 10-hour days, just listening to music and your thoughts. Doing that when I came back almost had this anxiety for me. Like I was like, I can't go back. I can't go back to work. I don't know what it is. I just, I don't want to do that anymore. It's like, okay, but then what am I going to do? You know, I just went to school for this and, and what now I'm going to do something different. Yeah, my family is going to be so supportive. <laughs> <laughs> Lori was faced with a choice and because of that choice, she was paralyzed with fear. But this fear was actually a good thing. Lori wasn't sure what her family would think. She wasn't sure what she would think of herself. But this uncertainty, this fear meant she was pushing herself out of her comfort zone. Lori dove into this pool of fear and tried to make sense of it. It was just having all those conversations and I think it was asking myself those hard questions. What do I like to do? What am I good at? What do I want to do? And how can I turn a hobby into a job and a job that would pay well through a lot of conversations and a lot of thought. You know, I realized that, you know, I really love baking, specifically like cake decorating because I love the creative building aspect of it. I always have. So then I decided when we were across Canada that when I got back, I wanted to start working at a bakery. And my whole plan was I was going to work at a bakery for a year. And if I loved it, then I was going to go to school to be a pastry chef and a cake decorator so I could really make a career out of it for myself. But she also realized that although she loved baking, bakers didn't make very much money. So she began to think about how she could supplement that income. So I very, very quickly realized after working in a bakery that the pastry chefs that were there had the same skill set that I did, were making the same amount of money that I was, except they had gone to school for two, three years. And I knew that eventually I wanted to be working from home and be an entrepreneur and, and working for myself and being my own boss. I'm a terrible employee. <laughs> so how could I do that? Kevin at the time realized that a lot of people were creating YouTube channels and creating careers out of them. So that became a conversation of like, okay, so what is YouTube? Like, how do you, like, we watch content on there, but how do you create content for it? And how do you make money on it? And we were just starting to do a lot of research and trying to figure it out. And it's like, well, we'll just start creating content. And then I think you, they pay you. <laughs> they pay you? <laughs> they pay they you. They pay it's, you and you upload totally it. It'll work that way. It'll <laughs> be fine. Yeah. It'll be easy. And I was looking at it. At the time, the largest cake decorator that I followed was at 200,000 followers. And I was like, that's success. That was the number in my mind that when I get 200,000 know, subscribers, that's success. And at the time, there's only like three cake decorators making content on YouTube. But I also looked at other channels and being like, there's not really any channel creating the content that I want to create. And I wanted to share with the world what I was learning so I could show them that they didn't have to go to school to be a cake decorator because I think it's just a lot of people's mindset is like you have to go to school so you can get an education so people will hire you. It's like, mm, yes, in, in certain circumstances. I mean, you can't just like, you know, teach yourself how to be a doctor, but you can definitely teach yourself how to make a cake. 
As Lori taught herself how to make more and more complex cakes, she also started to teach herself how to make YouTube videos. And as is the case with all new endeavors, her first few tries were rough. At the time, I thought they were brilliant. I'm like, <laughs> this is great content. Now I look back and cringe and want to delete them from the channel, but I can't because it's it's a part of like the legacy of where we started and where we are now. Please don't watch them. <laughs> they were very rough. It was Halloween, so I made a bunch of Halloween cupcakes. The first one was red M&M's centipede. It was like a creepy crawly little cupcake topper. I just filmed it with a tripod. I took my parents' lamp and taped some parchment <laughs> paper over it so it had like kind of a diffusion. I used what camera I had laying around so I was decorating on the table in front of me and I just had it over my shoulder kind of filming the shots. It was like one camera angle and I had the light over the other angle so it was kind of lighting something so at least it wasn't like a dark tabletop. I had never edited a video before and my husband's like oh you can use Windows Movie Maker. It's the free software that comes with the computer and you just clip it together. I think I just used the help key. I think he remembered a couple things from like grade school or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the two of us figured out how I could clip together a couple of the clips and I posted it that way. The videos look horrible and the audio is horrible, but it, it, it was something. I think a lot of people are defeated by perfection. Many of us think that when we put something out into the world, it needs to be incredible. It needs to be perfect on the first try. But as Winston Churchill once said, perfection is the enemy of progress. All you need to start your dream job is a bit of action. And although it was far from perfect, Lori had embarked on her dream job. And then what was the reception? I think it got like 30 views <laughs> in the first maybe like week or two. But I remember it being like, okay, so I've watched it. Kevin's watched it. You know, my mom's watched it. And it's like, <gasps> somebody else watched it who watched it? Like, how did they even find this video with like no way of getting on? Like it was this mind blowing thing of like, okay, well apparently someone else watched it. And was then that getting exciting? The first, it was exciting. It was like, it was also confusing. It was also very intimidating. Like I didn't tell any of my friends or family that I was doing this other than my, like, you know, my mom, because I was so worried about everybody judging me of like, you're putting yourself on the internet. Like it was a very big secret for a very long time because like the world judging me seemed less intimidating than my family and friends judging me. Lori was hiding a huge part of herself. She was living this secret double life as a cake decorator in fear of being judged. This fear seems to partly be what prodded her to work nonstop. She seemingly needed to legitimize her dream before she could share it with those closest to her. Like a lot of videos that we were doing, I was creating cake orders for customers and stuff, which is like friends of friends. And I was filming the cake order. So I was trying to like double dip. So I'm like, that's fine. Like, oh, this that's is smart. It's so smart. It's not smart. Don't do that. To me in my mind, I'm like, this is brilliant because I'm spending so much time doing all of these things and I'm just going to utilize what I'm already doing and make content of it. But people didn't want to see those types of cakes. Why? Because what people order for cake orders isn't necessarily what like the internet wants. Mm. So I'm like, I want to just start making cakes for no reason and filming them and doing all of that effort and then doing what, what do I do with this cake after I've done all this work and then I'm going to eat an entire cake by myself <laughs> or how many cakes can my family eat and I'm just going to give them away. Who wants this like random princess cake? I couldn't wrap my mind around filming for no reason. 
But as soon as I did, that's where the channel started changing a little bit. I think that's where we started picking up like a little bit of momentum. And so I mean, what does a little bit of momentum look like? I think that's the difference between like a couple thousand subscribers to maybe like over 10,000 subscribers. Wait, so how did you get even to a couple thousand yeah, I subscribers? I really don't know. I don't know <laughs> why they all subscribed. I think it was just like we kept working away at like I kept putting up videos consistently. I never missed a video. I uploaded a video every single week for the first, I don't know, four years without ever missing one. Four years. Yeah. Jeez. It was a long time. Like I was very dedicated. To upload every week for four years requires incredible drive. But somehow Lori persevered, even when it was tough. When you're getting positive indicators of success like subscriber growth and more views, it's easy to keep posting. It's hard when you aren't seeing any of those positive indicators. And for a long time, Lori had almost no positive indicators and growth was painfully slow. Was there any time where you wanted to quit? Was there a point where it was really hard or straining? Can you tell me about some of those near throw in the towel moments? I mean, a lot of times things aren't working and you're not getting any views and you're not getting any growth. But I think the thing for me is it almost felt like I was in too deep. I think for the first year, it was hope. I was holding on to this hope of it turning into something and this dream of it turning into something. That dream of, of wanting to be my own boss, wanting to be an entrepreneur and, and looking at people who were succeeding and, and being envious of that. I think that dream really pushed me through the first year. And then when things started getting hard, it almost felt like I was in too deep. What was hard about it? Just growth, like just trying to get subscribers, trying to get people to watch the videos, trying to get people to comment on the videos. I mean, it was it was very challenging. I would look at a video that I was making if somebody else was making and they would have so many more views than I did and I couldn't figure out why. And then there was this whole fear of being judged. So if I quit, it'd be like, see, I told you so that this wasn't a good idea, you know, and I wanted to prove everyone wrong. I wanted to prove every to prove to everybody that I could do this, that I could make something of it myself. I've heard this like a lot of entrepreneurs, the pain of stopping hurt more than the pain of continuing. Yeah. It's really interesting how often that is it, like a common trope. And so do you think that was like your main motivating factor more than anything else? I think in a way it was. If I give up now, I never know what it could be. But as also if I give up now, I'm a failure instead of a success. It's this like tipping point of like you're only considered a success once you've accomplished something. And what was that threshold of accomplishing something? So, you know, in the eyes of everybody and in, in my eyes, I, I wasn't really succeeding in doing anything. Yeah, I'd had like 30,000 subscribers, which is like this crazy amount, but I wasn't making any money at it. You know, I, could, I was still working full time. I was still, you know, doing all that stuff that it was really hard. So it's a cool number if you're doing it for a hobby, but I saw it as a as wanting it to be a career from day one. I didn't want it to be a hobby. She kept working, and after three and a half years, she finally got an opportunity that would officially turn what was once a hobby into a career. But another company had seen that I was creating this, this food content on YouTube, and they emailed me and hired me to create live food episodes on their platform. I was very excited and I remember just tearing up and, you know, jumping up and down and screaming, being like, oh my God, like this could this actually happen? Like I could actually quit my job with this. And I remember it was like the first day that I didn't have to go to work. And I just like looked around the house and it's like, what am I gonna do today? Like I, I don't have to go to work and I get to focus on this full time and I'm so used to just doing it in my evenings, I have the full day. Because the, the live streams I was doing was only taking like 
three hours of yeah. time <laughs> once a week. But I was paying twice as much as I was making at my job. But I think it really started sinking in that like I'd quit and that I'm doing this when I had to fill out on some sort of form what my occupation was. And it's like, I don't know what to write anymore. <laughs> like I'm not a baker, but I am, but I'm not. I guess I'm a, I'm a YouTuber. That's, that, that's what I'm doing. And I wrote YouTube and it was exciting and thrilling. And like, I feel like that was one of the moments that stands out in my mind of like I had succeeded. Because no matter what, no matter what happened, even for a brief moment of time, I was able to quit my job because of something I'd started on my own and I was doing it. Now that Lori was able to work full-time on her passion, she started to improve her camera angles and make more impressive cakes. But she didn't have the direction and advice she needed to grow as quickly as she wanted. That's when she discovered Viral Academy. My husband, he always had these ideas with the channel. He was always very interested in it and did a lot of research for me of like what was gonna do well and with the format of the video, like he helped me with all of that. He was involved in so many small ways back then, but he also found the course and he did the course and then told me what to do from the course. And I think the biggest thing that I learned right away was that I needed to stop looking at this as a channel and start looking at it as a business. I learned a lot about my Facebook page and, and social media. I think that another big thing that I learned was like making people feel something. Back then it was very much a how-to video. It was very structured and it was very serious because I thought if I was teaching somebody how to do it, I, I would have to be serious. And I wasn't really in my videos, so it was just my voiceover. And it wasn't until around that time that I started appearing in my videos and I started putting a personality behind it and I started making it more like, hey, like come make a cake with me and stop taking myself so seriously. That I think appealed to larger audiences because it wasn't just people who specifically wanted to learn how to make something. I think it just excited us. I think where we felt a little bit stuck, a little bit stagnant, didn't know how to do a lot of stuff. It taught us how to do a few different things that made us really excited and wanted to work harder on it. Lori was working hard and was finally making a living from YouTube, but just barely. She was making minimum wage and wondered why. She had invested all this time in making her content better and the content really was better, but she wasn't growing as quick as she expected. That's when the Viral Academy community came in to help again. It was this weird conversation that I'd had with Kong at one point. And it was like, okay, but, you know, are you guys watching YouTube? It's like, no, not really. Like, I don't have time to just sitting here watching YouTube. It's like, okay, but, like, authors read books. You know, filmmakers watch films. You're a YouTuber. You should be watching YouTube. So how can you create good content on the platform when you don't know what content is performing really well on the platform? So we started watching a lot of YouTube videos in our category and other categories, especially with people we thought had similar demographics to see if we could learn from them. And from that, we caught on to a couple trends. We saw somebody else, you know, do a compilation video, which was just a mashup of different cakes around a certain theme. And they would all be in one video with just some music, no narrative. So it's hitting a very global audience. And I had uploaded it and you know, I think it got like, you know, the regular amount of views. Around that time, I think our views were about 10,000 per video after like a couple weeks. And I remember like the video had been up maybe a week or something like that. And I woke up in the morning and I was just checking my phone and I looked and the video was at like 35,000 views. I remember running outside and not saying anything and just showing my phone to Kevin. He looked, he's like, whoa. <laughs> 
Like, where did that come from? It's like, I have no idea. This is crazy. And then the next day it was at 80,000. The next day it was at 150,000. I think it climbed up to about a million views after maybe a couple weeks, which was absolutely insane to us and very much proof that we should do this again. So we uploaded another compilation and it did the same thing. Yeah. And we uploaded another compilation and it did the same thing. And we were learning from them as well and started creating more of them in a way that got even more views. And it was like, oh my God goodness, is this what it's like when you have all these viral videos and they brought in $10,000 for the month or something like that? Yeah, it was it was a lot. It was just like, we just made $10,000 in this month. Like, that's absurd. Back to the podcast after the break. As if Lori's personal story hasn't been convincing enough, I'm here to tell you that you can turn any passion, hobby, or interest into a profitable YouTube channel. You can break out of that boring nine to five, be your own boss and make bank doing something you love. If you think that sounds impossible, that's just because you don't know how. Take one of our students, Imaginary Ambition. He used to work at a local coffee shop making coffee for people. Then he took his passions for music production and created a YouTube channel where he makes music tutorials without even showing his face. His channel now has over 8 million views and he makes a living doing what he loves. He was just an average guy who had an ordinary 9 to 5 job and he was no different than you. The only difference is that he decided to take that first step and begin. I know that may sound hard and I get it, it's scary to start something new. That's why Jump Cut created a step-by-step -step program to teach you exactly how to do it. Our course, Viral Academy, will walk you through everything you need to know to start your YouTube channel, film and post your first video, and take the first step into the life you've always dreamed of but never had. Our instructors, Kong and Jesse, among others, know everything there is to know about building a YouTube channel into a full-time business from the ground up. And with their guidance, you too can make that dream a reality. If you're someone who's tired of studying a major that you have no interest in, or if you're someone who has a dead-end 9-to-5 job, or if you're an artist struggling to make rent month after month, then you'd be crazy not to check out this free program because it could change the direction of your career and your life. Go to jumpcut.com slash bake to begin this journey today. The compilations really hit an international audience. They were very viral, very satisfying, very easy to consume. It wasn't people who really wanted to learn how to do something who were just chilling, looking at how something yeah. was made. Yeah. So it targeted a completely different audience. And when they went viral, that meant it, it reached a lot of people who didn't know who we were. So when they came back to the channel, they saw our other content, which we had built a great library of good quality content that they saw. And then they subscribed and stuck around. And now our most popular compilation is at over 154 million views. 154 million views. Million views. <laughs> That's it's a weird insane number. Amount. That's like more than most countries. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> Those kind of numbers are huge. So like, how did that change your perception of yourself? Because that's, that's a big deal. <laughs> It started becoming very terrifying when people started comparing stadiums to how many people have viewed my videos. It's like, that's 10 sta whatever <laughs> local stadium full of people. That's more people than a pink concert. And it was like, <laughs> stop. Like, I can't. Like, that's, that's terrifying. 
But it was terrifying when you thought of the numbers. But like for me, whenever I was filming my videos, it didn't seem so scary because I was just looking at the camera and, and filming what I was normally filming and thinking about my audience who loved my content. So it didn't seem so scary putting myself out there. It's not like all the other ones had a million views and this one had 154 million. Like we have other ones that are like 50 and 75 million. Like there's a, there's a lot of views on a lot of our videos yeah. and it's it's crazy. We went from like 80,000 subscribers to a million in about nine months. And then it doubled over again, like after like another about eight months or so uh, we hit another million subscribers and then another about eight months and now we're at like 3.5 million subscribers so we've only really like we we were at 80,000 like two years ago like two and a half years that wasn't that long ago um, it was just like this crazy growth and with that came a lot of other really cool opportunities yeah. Lori has seen a lot of success and she has ambitious plans for the future now with where we're at with everything, we've got you know 3.5 million followers on YouTube, and our channel has gotten over 700 million views altogether and reached a lot of people. We've worked with incredible, huge brands like Warner Brothers and Google and Hershey's, and we've done live appearances on global shows like Live with Kelly and Ryan. We were nominated for two awards this year, one for streaming, one for shorty, and then YouTube gave out its first ever awards actually at VidCon. Uh, this week and we won. We were nominated for Dessert Noms and we took home the trophy. So Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> it's very beautiful. I like it a lot. Yeah. So what's next? We just want to continue working on creating amazing content for our viewers, but also building out the other sides of the business. I mean, we really want to build out diverse renewable streams of revenue. So we just bought a new house and we moved into it like a week ago. It was a couple days before VidCon, we, we moved into our house. So we're gonna be renovating our full basement to be an office and studio, bring a bigger team to work in-house with us. So everyone's focused on the same project. And I'm really excited about that. And we're hoping that, you know, maybe we can build out other sides, like creating a paid course and really giving our audience what they want. Maybe also some products and working with more brands that we're really passionate about and working on like some of those long-term partnerships. And finally, I asked Lori to reflect on her time as a creator and entrepreneur and give some advice to you guys, the people listening to this podcast. I mean, you went through a lot of struggles to get where you are now. It wasn't easy to get here. I'm wondering what advice would you give to someone who's in like a nine to five that they're not really enjoying and they have dreams of pursuing some kind of passion, but they're not sure if they should commit to it. Um, what advice would you give that person? Money was never really important to me. I was never a fancy person who needed fancy things. I just wanted to do what I loved. And I was totally fine not being rich and doing what I loved. So I followed my heart and I followed my passion and the money came later and I didn't really expect to be where I am now, but it's crazy that I am. But I would say like, if you want to follow your passion, then you've got to take a leap. There's so many people out there that I see that it would be exceptional entrepreneurs, but they're terrified. They're letting their fear drive them, this fear of failure. And I get it, believe me, like I had that fear of failure. I, I very strongly, and that's why I never told anybody I was doing YouTube. Um, but I, I think you have to take a chance sometimes and you don't have to make it seem like I'm gonna be the next whatever. You know, just have fun with it. Think like, yeah, I'm trying this out to see if there's something there. If there's not, oh well, you know, I'm just doing it for fun. And, and see, it doesn't matter what it is, just try because if you don't try, you'll never know what could have been. And if I didn't try to do the YouTube channel, I wouldn't have it right now. 
And once you have it, YouTube is a roller coaster. You have to get on and you have to ride it because there are ups and downs. And believe me, the downs are very hard. Downs are, you know, spots where you're not growing and you're stagnant and you you can't do anything and you're not making any money and and you're scared and like it, it can be very discouraging and it's easy to give up. The easy thing is to stop and give up or to, to not try at all. The hard thing is to actually try and to keep trying and to not give up. But those are the people who succeed. Kong also is telling us that, you know, the walls are there to stop the people who don't want it enough. Because the people who want enough are either going to bulldoze through it or climb over, no matter how long it takes them, you know. Keep pushing at it and eventually something will come of it. When Lori was just getting started, she had a long road ahead of her, but she kept trying. She kept pushing and eventually she succeeded. I think what is most inspiring about Lori's story is that it's fairly incremental. Yeah, she had a big break when her compilations got millions of views, but before all that, there were a lot of small wins that she needed to get before she could have that big break. Lori just kept making incremental progress towards the life she wanted. And the awesome thing is you can make that progress too. The first and most important step is visualizing what your ideal life looks like. So I have a challenge for the people listening to this podcast. I want to hear what your ideal life looks like. So DM me on Instagram at Samuel Donner, that's S-A-M-U-E-L-D-O-N-N-E-R, or email me at Samuel at jumpcut.com, and I'll share the best responses in the next episode. See you soon.